Hi, I'm David Freudberg, host of Humankind. I've been thinking a lot lately about civility. Of course, basic politeness and exercising good manners is essential. But I think civility, real civility, goes deeper. It means to choose our words carefully and thoughtfully in non-hurtful ways. It means to be respectful of how another person sees the world even when we heartily disagree. And to maintain a sense of humility, because as a wise friend of mine used to say, we could always be wrong. These are lofty goals which I practice imperfectly, of course. But that's the tone we strive for in these programs. Thank you for listening. Humankind is produced in association with WGBH Boston and supported by the Humankind Program Fund. Additional funding for this series has been provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, the National Institutes of Health, the Annie E. Casey Foundation, and the Park Foundation. The food's out here, as you've experienced, it's here. It just has to be distributed properly, and uh, the people that don't need it have to respect the people that do need it and take a step back sometime. In a country that throws out mountains of food while millions go hungry, here's a story of Americans who reduce both waste and want. You're listening to Humankind. I'm David Freudberg. Who can fathom the contradiction of a land as prosperous as the United States with a surging problem of hunger within its own borders? All across the country, emergency food banks, soup kitchens, and pantries have seen a sharp rise in the number of people lining up for help. And while federal welfare cutbacks are a factor, demand started escalating before the cuts took effect in 1997. Many of the faces waiting in line are the elderly poor and the working poor, people who maintain low-paying full or part-time jobs. It's eerie evidence of the widening gap in America between haves and have-nots. In Cambridge, Massachusetts, Herman Manigo drives a food truck that delivers to a network of local pantries. It's a blessing for me because uh, I've been where a lot of these people are now, and I know the importance of uh, having something to eat. I mean, uh, you can survive being broke, but it's very difficult when you don't have food on the table for your kids because they don't understand that. You say you've been there? Oh yeah, most definitely. I've been homeless. Uh, I've, I've been a, a, a patron of the pantry. I came in there many times and got food and uh, that just goes to show you how good a blessing is. And, it's, and now I have a chance to, to give back. And uh, I wouldn't trade it in for nothing in the world. I like what I do. Herman is employed by Food for Free, a nonprofit group that picks up leftover produce and other items provided at no charge by supermarkets and food wholesalers. The donations are subsequently dropped off at elderly housing sites, an AIDS clinic, and various pantries around town. 
Herman feels the needy who then come for the food have often been marginalized during the recent times of economic boom. Most people think it's not me, and why should I worry about it? And uh, sometimes uh, a community don't understand that the community problem is the community problem. And if I'm hungry, that creates another problem because I'm going to want to eat and I'm going to try to eat any way I can. And sometimes it, it's not a good thing for the community because I might want your stereo in order to get me some food, which creates another problem. But most people are selfish and uh, they don't care about the guy that's asking for a dollar on the sidewalk or the person that goes to the pantry. You know, and most people don't want to be affiliated with somebody that is hungry or somebody that needs a change of clothes because in America we live under status. And if I'm homeless and if I'm poor uh, and you drive a Mercedes, you don't have time for me. Perhaps most of us are resigned to the inevitability of a stratified society, in which some people simply enjoy greater affluence than others, either because they earned it or were raised in a position of privilege. But the fact of inequality has always deeply disturbed Janet Mary, a mother of four who for eight years has coordinated food for free. I was very early aware that uh, I had advantages and choices that other people did not. Did you grow up in a wealthy family? No, I'd say it was uh, middle class. My father was an immigrant. He came here and he, he didn't go to school, but he was kind of like a self-made man. And, and uh, we were reasonably comfortable. And so, so that I never felt any want ever. I mean, I think he did when he was growing up. So I knew that out there, there were people who were not as privileged as I was. And uh, as I began to see them, and I, I somehow felt, well, this isn't, this isn't right. This, there's something going on that's not right, and, and maybe I would like to work in, in a field that would address those. And so I, it, was, it was quite early, so it was, not, it was kind of a natural progression from my early uh, awakenings to trying t to do something about it personally. And then it, so this is just one more step along the way. Especially when I was working in the welfare department, I could not believe the things that I saw. I mean, they were totally, I mean, I had no sense that, that people were living in such abject poverty and in terrible housing conditions and not having enough to eat. And uh, uh, it was, and then all of the problems that accrued to that. I, I also worked for the uh, uh, Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children, and that was just came right out of I mean, there were, there were We didn't have any cases of people coming from rich families doing that, although I'm sure there were some other kinds of abuse going on there. but. Uh, 
it just uh, I, sometimes I would go home and I and I you know I wouldn't even be able to eat my own meal because I kept thinking about those people who weren't eating and I it was um, it was very hard for me and so uh, I knew that I that I didn't want I wasn't comfortable with my own privilege so I ended up doing this and have been doing it pretty much most of my uh, working life. We're aboard the Food for Free truck on an early morning run to Chelsea, Massachusetts, where a mile-long strip of warehouses serves as the food distribution hub for metropolitan Boston. Helping Herman out today is Bill Hamilton, a cheerful resident at the LBJ Apartments, public housing for the elderly in Cambridge. His building is a regular recipient of Food for Free, and volunteering twice a week on the truck is a way that Bill gives back. To me, it keeps me out of the room. Other than that, I'll be sitting in the room 24-7, just looking at my fish, you know, playing with my, my birds. Do you live on your own? Yes, I live on my own, you know and uh, I'll go into bingo, you know, and when I go out with Herman in the truck, it seems like every place that we drop food off, the people can't wait for us to show up because we brighten their lives up, you know, we drop food off, we always got something nice to say, I'm always in a joking mood when I get there, or Herman's in a joking mood when he gets there, you know, we keep them going. There's a lot of people out there that need the food. Now, those that, that, that can work, I, 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 I can't put my finger on them because they say that they're lazy or anything like that. But those that do that come to the pantry to pick up food, they need. They need, you know? And I mean, a lot of people say, man, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. They let their pride get in the way. But I see those, those so far that come to the pantry to, to get food, Pride's got nothing to do with it. You mean there's some folks who need the food but who are a little bit ashamed to come and pick it yes. up at a pantry? Yeah, that's right. Have, have, have you met people like that? I've met a, quite a few people like that. Well, I wouldn't go there. I'm not going to get no handout. Come on. You take what the Lord can give you. You know what I'm saying? Never be ashamed to pick up money. But the pantry is always there to help somebody. You know, like the Lord said, asking you shall we see? Well, this is what the pantry's all about. As a middle-class American who's never confronted an empty refrigerator, I'm puzzled and troubled by Bill's description of people who must choose between embarrassment and hunger. I ponder how it is they ended up in their circumstance and I in mine. I may never fully grasp it. Access to my food is so swift and effortless that a three-second delay when the scanner at the grocery store checkout counter fails to read an item can sometimes seem interminable. I can't even begin to comprehend the global numbers. One in five people around the world lives in dire poverty on less than a dollar a day.
At least for the moment, it moves me to thankfulness for the fact that when we break for lunch, I can pick out anything I want from the menu at a local restaurant. Patrons at a nearby pantry face different choices. As much food as we've been here, it seems like we can't bring enough for them. You know, because they're always looking for more. You know, when they come down here and they just about fight over the food that's down there that we bring down. Hey, but we can only give you what we got. And that's it. But it makes me feel great. And it warms me all up inside. We're doing a lot of work. Helping another family, or some family, a lot of families out there have a meal. That's the way I look at it. Couldn't be much more basic than that, huh? <laughs> well, that's the way it is. You asked me, and I told you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no need of me lying to you. I'm not a lawyer. Only lawyers get paid to lie, and I ain't getting paid to do none of this. Okay? <laughs> that's the way it is. It's strange to be chatting about people who experience the sensation of hunger as we ride into this surreal food city overflowing with bounty. We pass hundreds of huge tractor trailers which have hauled produce here from all over the country. We stop off at Northeast Cooperatives. Inside, the warehouse is maintained at a chilly 40 degrees. Hundreds of cartons of tomatoes, carrots, bananas, squash are stacked here, waiting to be examined by food retailers, wholesalers, and brokers. Some of the items look perfectly good but are not saleable, like bananas that have already developed brown speckles on the skin. The supermarkets won't stock bananas that are quite so ripe because they'll go bad quickly. It's estimated that 20% of the food produced in America is thrown out every year. Today, some of these items are donated to Food for Free, which will deliver them to pantries within a couple of hours. John Young, a manager at the warehouse, seems happy to help. Uh, My dad was a farmer. A lot of the foods that I'm working with now, green beans, potatoes, I can remember picking on the field to start, so I've sort of come full circle. I can't seem to get away from this food. Uh, I'm concerned that A grower, like my dad originally, took the time to grow it, put his heart into it, had to put up with the weather to do this, and it comes to me and to the retailer. If we are all doing our parts, we'd like to think somebody is going to eat this food. So yeah, it concerns me that uh, people are getting this food. We'll write up a ticket for the food donation group, which allows the grower to take a tax credit for donating to charity. So that's good for him rather than just a total loss. Uh, It's good for me because everything that I donate is something I don't have to handle for the dumpster or filling up space for selling for trash, plus just the feeling of doing the right thing in a world where you want to feed people and your job is to feed people. It's the least you can do to hopefully get all the food utilized that you can without throwing it away. That hurts the worst, I think, is to throw it away. Herman, how many boxes are you going to end up with from here today? Uh, we'll probably take a dozen or more. You know, it depends on what we can uh, load on the truck for today. And uh, like you say, tomorrow, some of the same stuff will still be here, and we'll kind of continue until it evaporates by the end of the week but it would definitely be picked up and used one way or another.
At another supplier, Greg Dejama Incorporated, boxes of produce are set aside for donation each day by salesman Leonard Dankner. There's a lot of food, especially in produce, that goes through the system that is certainly more than, you know, edible. Uh, and I don't mean that in a pejorative sense, but is not really sellable. People will look at it and always grab something else instead of that one. Not that there's anything wrong as, as far as the one they're looking at. And so, uh, and usually those things end up being given away or, or sometimes tossed. And, uh, and that's a tragic waste, especially with all the hungry people. Now, have you ever been to any of the the end users of the food for free stuff, the the pantries or the the shelters where this food yeah, ends actually, up? Actually, I had a stroke about five or six years ago, and uh, in my recovery period, I was going around, I was doing volunteer work until I got back to work. Actually, I remember one time there were some other reporters doing a series, and they came around with a camera, and and there I was in the p picture and the thing, and I'm saying, gee, what are they taking a picture of me for? I don't, I, I have nothing to do with this. How come they don't take a picture and show the public who, who's using the food? And Janet said to me, they're too embarrassed to, uh, excuse me, to have, their <coughs> to have their picture taken. They won't allow themselves to be seen going to a produce shelter. Anybody who, who's worked for a living and goes the other way, I think it's a, it's a very disheartening thing. The, the, the food pantries, they're just, you know, three quarters of the people are over 60. And it's, uh, and the fact that, that for, of course, they had to put their money to rent. And, and if they didn't, they, they would hardly eat anything. And it's, and, it's, and it's a real shame. And it's important that they get to eat some oranges and bananas and fresh fruits and vegetables. I mean, all the studies we see that come out now uh, about food and health, everything that's good for you is in fresh produce, fruits and vegetables. This is the Bread and Justice Food Pantry in the Central Square section of Cambridge operated out of the humble basement of a building that houses anti-poverty agencies, the pantry opens its doors a total of eight hours a week, serving about 850 people per month. Most of the patrons come for an entire family. They wheel in fold-up aluminum carts and sit in a small waiting room until their number is called. No one is turned away. About 10 patrons are waiting at the moment, most of them elderly. One man is on crutches, a couple of people speak Russian, a man in his 30s carries a gym bag, an older woman appears insane. When they see my microphone, their eyes focus on the cement floor. I try to picture myself as a client with a fold-up aluminum cart waiting for my number. Renee helps out as a volunteer. You see just the magnitude of what life is about for a lot of people. And then on the flip side, you imagine there are some people who have no idea how other people are living. I mean, they haven't a clue. And you see how people are very resourceful because they have to be. You know, you learn to make a meal out of, out of um, canned meat. 
with canned vegetables and you know people are really struggling and surviving it's nice to see when you know children come in and you know, to see the kids when they come in and, and, and they're and they seem to be doing good but you see this you see sadness because people are probably dealing with where they, how they're going to pay rent how they're going to eat someone comes in late and it's hot you know all the food is gone you know you try to struggle to put together a decent package so they just don't go home with beans you know they have bread and beans enough to make a meal to sustain there's an impressive selection of fresh produce lettuce leeks cabbage cauliflower tomatoes green peppers onions squash apples bananas and tall cabinets display canned goods packaged foods like cereal and pasta sauces of different kind some of them in dented containers donated by stores would you say that the food here is pretty good? Very good. Very good. It's great. It helps. You know, it's a blessing. Really a blessing. I mean, it, uh, I live down here in Central Square, Manning Building, you know. It's a little walk, and I need the exercise. I've been, I'm 77. I got five great grandchildren. That's my daughter over there, huh? Wow. She's, heavy, she's heavier than I am. <laughs> I had to get that one in, you know. I'm trying to hang in there, you know. How long have you been coming here? Seven, eight years, I guess. I've been disabled since 1943. Oh, with what kind of disability? Three back operations. I hurt my back in 1943. Steady pain. Yeah, and the operations, I have two in ni uh, 1949 and one in 1950. And I'm still trying to hang in there, that's all. you got to survive, you know? But I've pained my whole body. Back, legs, everything. You know. Steady pain, you know. I have to take pain medication. I come here because it gives me something to do because I, I have my four-year-old and I like it. I really do like it. You, you don't get paid for it, but it's, it's not a money thing. I like doing it because it's like giving something back. The food pantry helped me when I needed food for my kids. So I think that I volunteered enough to make up for the food that I gave. And sometimes if I have leftover food, I bring it here to the pantry. Like I usually give eggs to the pantry or, you know, if I have leftover eggs. So it helps. It really helps. I think a lot of people like it. I like coming here. Do you think that the clients who come through here to collect the food are truly people who are in need? Some people are in need. I think that most people come here to get food if they can't afford certain things. Cereal is like $3 a box. Some people can't afford it. Um, some people have a lot of kids. You know, they kind of trying to supplement their income by coming here, you know. And some people I know come here and they're just, you know, kind of down on their luck looking for jobs and stuff, so they come here for food. Some people come here not because they need it, but because they want their shelves full, so. I, I've seen situations, but I think that everybody comes here because, you know, a lot of the cutbacks, you know, welfare reform, food stamps, WIC, so they come here. What is your name, please? I Nell. How long have you been coming to the pantry well, here? I am not, I do not join the food program, but I am picking up for an elderly who is very sick. So I come once per month and picked up for her. She's unable to walk. So I volunteer to pick up our food. And is she a friend of yours? Yes, she is for many years. We usually works together at the hospital until she retired and then now she's sick. So I still keep in touch with her and try to do the best I can. 
Why is it that she needs to make use of the food at the pantry? She has no help. She has no help. When she was working, she had money to help herself. But what she gets is just to, to pay her rent. So she needs food. That's why I volunteer to pick it up for her. You have a fairly meager collection here. Is, will this be enough food to hold her for a month? Well, she will have to go along. I tried to take my food, cook sometimes for her. I'm from Boston, but I try to cook sometimes in the week and bring extra food for her that would last her for two days, along with what she have in the house. She's unable to move around freely. And why do you do that? Well, it's service that we should give to people that are unable to help themselves, and it makes a better world. Now, where are you from? I am from Jamaica. How long have you been here in the I've United States? I've been here States? for a couple of years. But it's, it's, the, it's my way of living from my island. It's the culture of my mother, my father, the entire family. And it's going on, 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 and on. So we kept that. A lot of us do not do, keep this culture, but it's worthwhile keeping because... God has so provided for us. And in return, we should give thanks somewhere, you know. So for you, is this a way of giving thanks? It is the way, one of the ways in giving thanks. And the most of it is, what good is it if you have and your brother is in need, not for food, money, but different needs, and you do not help? It doesn't work, 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 nothing. Regardless, you may be rich, you may have money. You have to reach out to those that cannot move, those that are even unable to think wisely. You should commune with them the best you can. You know, and these are the things that I live for serve God, thank him for strength and health, you know, as he carries me along. Even now he takes me here to pick this food up for her. I could not find it the first time I came, but God provided somebody to bring me here to pick it up for her. How did you uh, arrive here today? Well, I came from Boston by the bus and the train, subway, so I just walked took her dinner for today and then I walked across to pick up for her. May I ask your age? Well, I am in my 70. Yes. So I occupy my time taking care and learn more to take care of people when they do sick. That's, that's how I see life. Because money is good but it doesn't mean it all if you do not involve in helping others. But sometimes we are selfish. We don't need the help. But you do need it, but you're selfish. But we have to get into that so that we can move along with our doings in helping others. And make you healthy, make you happy inside. Yes, you don't give a good spirit knowing that today you have done something good.
Just don't think about me, me, me. They could be rich, think about them. They could be poor, think about them. Because the rich is as confused as the poor. So we need to think about them too and pray that God will open up their mind to see the need, as this place does, I believe. It's a need why this place is open up. Listening to Humankind, I'm David Freudberg. Our program is presented by Human Media in association with The Network Incorporated. Studio recording by Steve Colby. Editorial assistance from Tom Bryan. To purchase a CD copy of this program, please call 1 800 5 LISTEN. That's 1 800 5 L I S T E N. Or visit our website where you can also obtain an audio download of this and our other programs and can hear selected episodes free. You can access free written materials related to this program as well. Our web address is humanmedia.org. That's humanmedia.org. Again, if you'd like to purchase a CD copy of Humankind by phone, please call 1 800 5 LISTEN and our web address is humanmedia.org. This is Humankind Program number 9, Waste and Want. Thanks very much for listening. The executive producer is David Freudberg. This is Humankind. To hear more episodes of Humankind, you can subscribe to our free podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast player. A new episode each week. The podcast title is Humankind on Public Radio. And if you enjoy this program, be sure to leave us a kind review at iTunes and Stitcher. If you want to support the program, please visit humanmedia.org. And at the top of the homepage, click on How You Can Help. Again, our web address is humanmedia.org. Thanks.